Shelter when I need a friend, I go to the rock. 
Father, we thank you that you are the answer to every one of our prayers, every one of our needs. We thank you, Jesus, that your word says that all we have to do in faith is to speak to that mountain. It has to move. Hallelujah. We love you today. We exalt your name. There is nothing for God. 
trust in you and we can cast every care and every burden on you and we can be sure that you will be faithful and the wonderful things you've done in the past you'll do them again you'll order our steps you'll shepherd our lives you'll be a shield round about us we thank you lord that we can look to you and put our trust in you and know without a shadow of a doubt you will bring us through every time every battle every way and in that we give you praise and all god's people said Let's give the Lord one more praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We put our faith in you. We put our trust in you. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Go ahead. Hallelujah. Good morning. Oh, bless the Lord. Isn't it good to know and be comforted? God is sovereign. But he's not a God that's distant or disinterested. He's a God that loves us and a God that cares for us and a God that knows every hair in our head, every, every hurt in our heart. He knows. He knows the end from the beginning. So not only is this God a great God, a mighty God, a sovereign God, he's our heavenly father that we can trust in and depend on and find great comfort in. We thank the Lord for that. Amen. Amen. Um, children, you are dismissed. Children's church, praise the Lord. Again, good morning. So good to see you. So, amen. So good to see Brother Winston Ramsharan's family with us. God bless you. Amen. Wow. You know, Brother Winston been with the Lord now a number of years, but dear friend, he, he was the human vessel 
that God used to bring Christina and I here some 12 plus years ago. And, and I miss him all the time. I miss him all the time. Dear friend, dear friend, I thank God he did. He, he, he tenacious. He called me right up. He called me, called my house. He said, oh, you need to reconsider. You need to, he was, he, he, I, I was a little, well, at first I said, I'm not too sure about this. The next thing I knew, my phone was ringing. It was Brother Winston. He said, no, 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 you need to come up and check things out. I said, and God, he was right. God I came and God spoke. And it's been a wonderful 12 years. Amen. Well, yeah, so, so good to have the family. They're precious. And, and your dad is just something special to me. Amen. If you have your Bibles, if you would go to Mark's Gospel, chapter 5. Talk about a familiar story of Jairus' daughter being raised. And we want to look and see how we can be used of God like Jairus was. To bring his touch to others, to lift up others. Amen? Or maybe in our own lives, we need the touch of God. And we're going to learn. We learn from people that receive from the Bible. What did they do to receive from God? And we look at the same thing. So if you would, uh, Mark's Gospel, chapter 5, we start with verse 22. The Bible says, then one of the synagogue rulers named Jairus came there. Seeing Jesus, he fell at his feet and pleaded earnestly with him, my little daughter is dying, please come, put your hands on her so she will be healed and live. And so Jesus went with him and a large crowd followed and pressed around him. Now, now there's a little pause here. Because if you know the story, in between, while the crowd is going to Jairus' house, in the crowd there was a little lady who for some 12 years had been hemorrhaging to death. The Bible says she spent all she had on doctors, and they couldn't help her. She just got worse. But when she heard Jesus was in the area, she had this thought. She says, you know, I believe if I just touch his garment, if I can just touch him, I'll be healed. So she went on her own. She had no one to go with her, and she pressed through the crowd, the Bible says. Because there was a throng there. She made her way through, and she touched the hem of his garment. And as soon as she touched Jesus, she felt in her body that she was healed. And Jesus felt in his body that virtue or power had gone out. Jesus knew power had gone out, so he stopped everything. He said, who touched me? And you can imagine, like going to a concert or a football game, when you first went to the gates, people are all over you. Everyone's bumping into you, you're bumping into them. And the disciples said, Lord, what do you mean? Who, who's not touching you, Lord? But Jesus knew someone touched me with faith. He felt something go out of him. She felt something go into her. So finally he said, what happened? And the little lady came and she gave her testimony. And Jesus looked at her and said, dear, your faith, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace. Amen. And then we pick up our story. Now, while Jesus was still speaking, verse 35, verse 35, we jump there. While Jesus was still speaking, some men came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue ruler, and he said, your daughter has died. She's dead. Why bother the teacher anymore? But Jesus, the Bible says, verse 36, ignoring what they said, Jesus told the synagogue ruler, don't be afraid, just believe. And he didn't let anyone follow him except Peter, John, and James, the brother James. And when they came to the home of the synagogue ruler, Jesus saw commotion and people crying and wailing loudly. And he went in and said to them, why all this commotion and wailing? The child's not dead, she's just asleep. 
Verse 40 says they laughed at him. I mean, they laughed a mocking laugh. They ridiculed Jesus. And so verse 41, after he put them out, sometimes you've got to put things out. He put them out. He took the child's father and mother, the disciples who were with them, went into where the child was, took her by the hand, said, little girl, I say unto you, arise, get up. And immediately she stood up, walked around. She was about 12 years old. We'll pause there. Father, we thank you for your word. Please speak to our hearts. Help us to learn from this wonderful example of faith how we can receive from you and how we can be used of you to touch others with your power and grace. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, we can use as a title, helping to raise the dead, or how about being an instrument of resurrection? I like that one. And the goal here really has two parts to it. Number one, if you need a breakthrough, if you need a special touch from God, then let's learn to be encouraged by this story because Jesus still makes house calls. And he still does mighty works in the lives of his people. We can learn how to release our faith and activate our faith and receive, just like Jairus did. Or secondly, maybe you just want to be an instrument that God can use to help someone else. Again, we can look at both Jairus and Jesus and see how God can use you to be his tool to lift up a life or to release his power into a situation. Now, Jairus was a synagogue ruler. The ruler of the synagogue was the elder in charge. He was in charge of the care of the facility, the public services. He would organize and appoint who would who would preach the lesson, who would teach, who would read the scripture, who would say the prayers. He was the presiding elder over the synagogue, and usually that meant he was a man of reputation, of respect, of wealth, of authority. Now, Jarius had a 12-year-old daughter, and she was sick and near death when Jarius left home to seek out Jesus. And by the time he gets to Jesus, and Jesus begins to go with him, the little girl had died. Now, Jairus' friends thought that Jesus could only help living people. And so they told him, just forget it. Don't bother the teacher anymore. Come home. It's a hopeless case. But we can thank the Lord this morning that there is no situation so desperate that Jesus cannot work. Whether it's disease or delay, even death, they're under the control of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And our Jesus is with us. Even when we walk in places of disappointment, situations of sorrow or struggle, he walks with us and he meets those needs and he ministers to our lives. We serve a lovely Savior, do we not? And no matter what your situation is this morning, Jesus says, do not be afraid. Only believe. Only believe that I'm willing and I'm able and I'm going to bring you through. Now we want to look at four points this morning, just kind of gleaning from this story. These stories are more than we just admire them and say, that's a pretty neat story. Stories in the Bible are there so we can glean information from them. And we can learn from them how they receive from the Lord, what they do to receive from God. God's out of respect of persons. I'm going to do that. You see, as somehow they please the Lord by that action. I want to note that action because I want to please the Lord. I want to imitate that. So we're kind of studying that here. And that's what we want to look at. So... Let's remember, number one, if you need a special touch, or if you want God to use you as an instrument to touch others, let's remember these four points. Number one, let's pursue the one who is able. Let's pursue the one who is able. You see, verses 22 and, and 23, Jairus went and sought out Jesus. 
He fell at his feet and pleaded earnestly, my little daughter is dying, please come. Put your hands on her and she will be healed. I want to pursue the one that is able. There's no point running to those that can't help. There's no point in going to the counterfeits and the imposters and the deceivers of this age. Let's go to the one that is able to save every soul and heal every heart and transform every life. His name is Jesus. I want you to remember that Jesus is your answer. If you want to go to heaven, Jesus is your answer. If you want to see peace come to that home, Jesus is your answer. If you need some brokenness within you to be made well again, Jesus is your answer. And we need to understand that a passive faith is not a receiving faith. If he pursued Jesus. If he didn't pursue Jesus, his little girl never would have got he had to get up and move and act. And If you want to be saved, you don't just get saved by, by hoping God will be, take pity on you. You've got to respond to the gospel. You've got to give your life to Christ. Amen. A passive faith is not a receiving faith. Concerning Jairus, think about it. It wasn't easy for him to come to Jesus publicly and ask for help. The religious leaders were opposing Christ. His group, his peer group, would mock that or weren't into that, would be insulted by that. Again, the other elders, the scribes, the Pharisees, they were trying to suppress anything that pointed to Jesus. It took courage and it took humility. And it would most likely cost him. But Jairus was desperate. And he would rather lose friends than lose a daughter. You know, friends, hopeless in crisis situations often awaken us to what really matters in life. Can you say amen? And I know, friends, sometimes the sooner, the younger you learn that, the better. Learning what matters, what really matters, and what really doesn't matter all that much. Learning what matters in the long term, and what really doesn't matter much at all. Jairus' approach, we learn, so he pursued Jesus. Let us pursue Christ. Let's press on to know Christ. Let's go deeper our walk with God. If we want to be used to God, let's do our part to make ourselves usable and available to God. But notice his approach here. See his worship and see his uh, compassion. See his faith. The Bible says he fell down at the Lord's feet. You know, God's grace goes to the humble. Amen? The Bible says let's humble ourselves before the Lord that he might lift us up in due time. But he falls down before the Lord. It's an act of worship and humility. And then he pleads earnestly for his daughter. We see the compassion and the love. We see a sincere and earnest prayer. If we're going to be used of God, if I'm going to receive from God, I've got to humble myself before the Lord. But I also have to earnestly seek the Lord and have a sincere faith and compassion for those I might want to touch or see God work in their lives. Number three, see how he expressed his faith in Jesus' power to heal. He says, Lord, if you'll just come and lay your hands on her, she'll be healed. She'll be well. Others can lay their hands and nothing will happen. But Jesus, I know if you touch her, you're able to do what no one else can do. Let us remember that the proof of desire is pursuit. Well, how we like to say it, talk is. You see, oftentimes we can talk and talk and talk, but sooner or later we got to put that talk into action. Amen. We can make grand plans, but I got to work out that plan. I've got to begin to put things in motion. Proof of desire is pursuit. So remember, we'll never possess what we're unwilling to pursue. We need to pause. What are we pursuing? What are your goals? 
What are the things you're prayerfully reaching for? Are you just letting life slide by as a couple, as a marriage? What are you trying to do in a family? What areas are you trying to improve in? What areas are you trying to overcome? We need to pursue those things. The Bible pattern of receiving, think about it. The Bible says, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you'll find. Call and I'll answer. Sow and you'll reap. Knock and the door will open. Pursue and you'll possess. Hunger and thirst, you'll be satisfied and filled. The Bible pattern of receiving. I have to pursue and I have to act out my faith in order to receive the response in the blessing of the Lord. So number one, the first step we see, I must pursue the one who is able. So many are running to the wrong places, putting their hope and their confidence in things that won't last and that will fall short when the going gets rough. But if I want to receive a touch from God, If I want God to use my life to bless someone else, I must pursue the one that is completely able to resurrect my situation, to heal my wound, to save my soul. I must reach out to the only one that's able to break that addiction and apprehend that loved one that is strayed and is far away. And I want you to know Jesus Christ can still set people free from whatever addiction it is, whatever hold of hell it is. The power of Jesus Christ is able to set men free. And oh, we live in an age where the devil's crowd tries to create drugs that are worse than before to captivate people, to enslave people. But Jesus came to set the captive free. There is an answer to your need. There's an answer to your problem. His name is Jesus, and you can put your trust in him. Oh, yeah. Faith has an action. This is the initiative of faith. Faith takes the initiative. It's not a passive thing. It's active. It is exercised. When faith is exercised, it ignites or initiates. Initiate means to set in motion. It sets in motion power and the working of God in a situation. It sets in motion. The power of God is set in motion by our faith. You know, the, the salvation is dormant until your faith responds to it. Some of you sitting here, you didn't get saved early in life. You, you fussed and you rebelled and you fought God. But then one day came, you might have been 20, 30, 40, 50. Finally, you said yes to God. Your whole life, that gospel was powerful enough to save you. That whole time, that gospel was able to transform you, but it lay dormant until you received it, until you put your faith in it. And as soon as you put your faith in that gospel, the power of that gospel was released, and that's why you're not who you used to be. Can you say amen? You see, faith has to take an initiative. It sets it in motion. Many examples of this in the Bible. Jairus, again, he took the initiative. He pursued Jesus, even when it wasn't popular, even when it meant he was going to take criticism from those around him. But he took the initiative to pursue the one that was able to do what no one else could do. And friend, this same Jesus, he still honors faith today. This same Jesus, he still touches lives of those that will come to him. And if you have a need and you'll come, he'll touch your life. If you have a burden and you'll bring it, he'll carry that burden for you. If you have a need and you're willing to lay it before him and put your trust in him, he'll release his amazing grace that'll bring you through and help you to navigate through that season of your days. Many examples, we think of the leper from Mark's gospel. 
leper that came along and he approached Jesus. Oh, what a story. That's a faith that initiated a miracle, is it not? I mean, he approached the Lord when it was really illegal to do so. You weren't supposed to approach. You stayed in your little leper colony. And if you had to venture out, you had to yell unclean, unclean, so everybody could get away from you. And for you to approach any person, especially a holy teacher, well, you were asking to be stoned. The desperate times produced some desperate faith. And the Bible says this leper was the only one. He left the rest. He risked everything he had, and he reached, and he received the touch from heaven. He came to Jesus and he said these words, Jesus, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus said, I am willing. And Jesus stretched out his beautiful hand and touched the defilement of that leper. And when he touched him, he was made whole. You see, he initiated that. And then because of his faith, he received the touch of heaven and the I am willing of the Lord. Friend, don't let anyone keep you from pursuing Jesus. Even if you have to go it alone, and sometimes in this life you have to go it alone. Sometimes people don't see what you see or feel what you feel or understand what you must do. But oh, sometimes even if you have to go it alone, make up your mind and put your faith to work and receive the touch and the blessing that God has for your life. We're trying to say we have to pursue the one that is able. We have to seek out the one that has power to do all things and is a wonderful counselor that can help us in every situation. And the Bible is full of examples that show us that faith is not just a passive thing. Faith is an active thing. Faith is something that puts in motion the blessing of God, that releases the working of God. We think of that Canaanite mother. You remember that story? Back home, she had a daughter, grievously vexed of a demon. She was tormented, and she was in pain. And this lady left her village, left her country, crossed over the border. She broke through religious barriers, racial barriers. She broke through resistance and, and, and some rejection. But she pursued Jesus, and she would not let anything keep her from getting in front of Jesus. But she knew in Jesus and only in Jesus was the answer to her desperate need, and her faith was rewarded. I'm going to say it again. So will your faith. God still rewards faith. God still answers Christ. Jesus Christ is still the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So if you'll diligently seek him, he'll reward you. He'll honor that faith. He'll bless that effort. He'll work marvelously in your life. Can you say amen? Amen. We've already touched on the woman with the issue of blood, initiating faith. Her response to her disappointment, her response to her disease was not to give up and die, but was to rise up and live. And make up my mind, I'm going to seek out Jesus. Everyone else might have failed me. Everyone else might have forsaken me. No one else might really understand me. But there is one that is a friend. That sick is closer than a brother. There is one that is a wonderful counselor. And he does know me. And he does understand me. And his door is open that I can sit at his feet. And pour out my woe. And receive his amazing grace. Oh, somebody seek the Lord while he may be found. And call on him while he is near. This Jesus is a wonderful Jesus, and if you pursue him, he'll let you find him and he'll touch you like no one else can. Can you say amen? Pursue the one that is able. Jesus is your answer. You want to get to heaven? There's no other way. You want that heart to be healed? There's no other way. 
You want things to get back in order? He still takes chaos and brings it into order. There's no other way. But not only do we pursue the one that is able, many start. Unfortunately, few are finished. But I have to not only pursue the one that is able, I must press through the delay. The woman's interruption. It's not always easy to get that breakthrough. It's not always easy to press through that crowd. It's not always easy. I've heard a mentor of mine, Brother Shabbat, would say it so often to the audience, how bad do you want this thing? There's a price to pay. There's some opposition to overcome. You've got to press through the delay. The woman's interruption. I mean, sometimes it took all he had to get to Jesus. He humbled himself. He had a break with his group. He had to travel all that way. He had to leave his little daughter dying. If this don't work, he's going to not be there when she passes. But he had to be desperate to go after Christ. And then he finally gets there and finally gets Jesus' attention. And Jesus, I'll go with you. And they start to go, boom, delay. (laughs) It's a desperate situation. Time is of the essence. But interruption, delay. And sometimes we sit here and we wonder within ourselves, why is the Lord taking this sweet time? Doesn't he see what I'm going through? Doesn't he know what I'm facing? Maybe you don't say that, but someone does. It's a desperate situation. You've got to press through the delay. And this is where some people give up and go home. This is where some people choose to take an easier path, the path of least resistance. But remember, there is a narrow way and there is a broad way. (laughs) And that narrow way of faith comes with some obstacles and opposition. And there's delay. And and I want you to understand this. But sometimes, again, we can get get encouraged and and spiritually pumped up. And the word gets in us when we're around faith. But then we go out and it seems like God, for whatever reason, doesn't answer immediately. Sometimes we give up. Sometimes we let the promise go. Darius didn't do that. There are various reasons to receive your answer. You and I must properly deal with the delay. There's usually a delay in the timing to the things of God. You know, life isn't a 30-minute sitcom, amen? We get the worst problem in the world, it's done in about 20 minutes in commercials. I mean, it doesn't work like that. There are various reasons, but remember this patience allows God not only to work in you, but to work in the situation. And and faith has to have a flexibility. Faith has a flexibility to deal with the give and take of life, the timing, the pauses, the adjustments that we all have to make, the spiritual battles, the spiritual stretchings and maturings, the opposition, the ways that come and go. The changes, like an old defensive old, the bend but not break, bend but not break. And faith has to have that ability to bend but not break. Because we don't always understand the timing of God. And we don't always understand why God chooses to do things in a certain way, but faith keeps going with it. Faith keeps believing while the process is being unfolded. We must understand the spiritual realities and the spiritual warfare that we're engaged in. There are things behind the scenes, both in the spiritual and in the natural, that we don't see. 
and there's a timing and there's a working of the Lord. But let's remember the limited, a limited spiritual attention span. See that? A limited spiritual, you know, they say the younger the kids are, the faster you got to move it along because their attention span, right? The younger, the short, sometimes I think, I don't know, some of the older people, but anyway, um, a limited spiritual attention span can cause us to misinterpret events, mislabel situations, and give up too soon. Well, think about that. How many times has God really spoken to people, but they let the promise die a week later? Because in the hoopla of the emotion, they were ready to believe it. Amen? No, I know sometimes that wasn't God or it's just emotion, but many times it really is the Lord speaking ministering. Enduring the emotion, it's wonderful. But when the thing subsides and we're in the delay, it's easily forgotten or given up on. And a limited spiritual attention span can cause us to misinterpret events. Maybe that wasn't God's will. Or mislabel situations. Maybe God wants me to take a shortcut. No, 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 no. But it causes many to give up too soon. To maybe give into that old nature. And listen, our old nature is all the same. He likes the path of least resistance. He doesn't like to be stretched. He doesn't. Lo- he hates to be disciplined. He doesn't want to be developed. He wants it fast, easy, pain-free, and simply. Come on. We're all eating apple out of that sack. We're all made out of the same stuff. But when I'm waiting on the Lord, and there's a delay in seeing the breakthrough, and there's a delay in seeing the answer come, that is when a determined and a steady faith is needed. Psalm 37 and verse 3. How David writes these beautiful words to those that were going through it and they're under the gun and they're enduring the pressure, waiting for God to answer. And he says, listen, you keep trusting in the Lord. Trust. Have that attitude. Keep trusting in God and do good. Trust in the Lord and do good. Trust in the Lord and keep coming to church. Trust in the Lord and still obeying the word of God. Trust in the Lord and keep doing what Jesus would do. Dwell in the land. That means don't run. Stay where God puts you and feed on his faithfulness. Isn't that an awesome verse? See, in the place of obedience, God can provide all you need. You're, you're better off just staying where God has you. Because in that place, he'll never fail you. He'll never forsake you. So even during the delay where sometimes I'm tired, I think the grass is greener. If God says, at your place, stay there, do good, keep trusting, and feed on his faithfulness. Because there is a place called there. And in that place, God says, I bless you. Elijah, go to a place called there. Go to that. And that's where the ravens will feed you. Disciples, go to that upper room. And there, the Holy Ghost will fall on you. The Bible has a place called there. And that place for you and I is the present place of obedience where God wants us to stand and serve him and trust him until the answer comes. Somebody say amen. We're talking about how do I get through the delay? Many people look back. If I just would have hung on, maybe the breakthrough would have come. Pastor Todd exhorted through the spirit as we began the service this morning. How many times people are just at that brink of breakthrough. They're at the brink of blessing. But sometimes they just get a little too tired and they give up. And they don't realize they were just another day, another step from God answering that cry. 
It's during such times of delay that our natural man sees it as an annoyance. But God sees it as a real development. It's during our delays that we have to press through and keep pursuing. Because know the Lord tests us in those times and he teaches us in those times. And he increases our faith and he brings us to a greater level of spiritual maturity in those times. The delay will attempt to distract us, discourage us, ultimately deny us. But friends, especially young believers, when that happens and you're in a time of delay, don't you dare think for a moment that the Lord has forgotten you, the Lord has stopped loving you, or the Lord's not working in you. Don't you think that it's just a delay? He's still on his throne. You're still in his care. His promises are still yes and amen. Just let that thing develop you. Let that thing mature you. You keep trusting the Lord, and you keep doing good, and his faithfulness will be there. The Lord encourages you and I this morning, if you're going through a delay, keep on coming, keep on believing, keep on trusting, and keep on expecting. Because your answer is closer now than when you first believed. Galatians 6 and 9. Galatians 6 and 9. Let's not grow weary in doing good. Hey, have you ever got tired trying to do good? Of course you have. It exhausts you sometimes. They're fighting the fight of faith. This is a march of faith. Amen. Don't grow weary in doing good, for at the right time, we will reap a harvest if you don't give up. God says, if you don't quit, you can't lose, because I am faithful to care for you, and at the right time, I'm going to bring the answer, I'm going to bring the breakthrough, and you're going to rejoice in me. Close this thought. Don't let delay feel a death blow to the promise, to the dream. Or to the answer. I want to receive from God like Jarius did. I want to be an instrument that the Lord can use to bless someone else like Jarius did. Number one, I need to pursue the one that is able. I've got to go to the one that can do something. I've got to go to the one that has power to help. I need to press through the delay. Because unfortunately, usually God doesn't jump if I pray one prayer. Usually there's things going on that are resisting it, and there's a timing involved. So I've got to be a determined person. Faith has a determination. Emotion can get jacked up in a minute. But faith has a steadiness about it. Faith has a sturdiness about it. You know, faith knows how to take a punch and roll them punches. Just keep coming forward. Just keep coming forward. Number three, I need to persevere. I wonder how can I call I'll call it the devil's counterattack. He's got a counterattack. Ever notice that? It's not always a one-punch knockout with that devil. Sometimes he'll strike back after you hit him. Oh yeah, it's a fight of faith, folks. What a blow. 35, what a blow. You finally get Jesus. I mean something. He's talking to this woman enough with the testimony. My daughter's dying. Can you imagine what Jairus is thinking? Oh, Lord, she got her miracle. Don't waste any more time here. My daughter's breathing on her last breath. We need to get you to where you can touch her. Finally, we get Jesus out of that testimony meeting. And the next thing you know, your friend show up. Don't bother. She's dead. Man. Talk about a counterattack. What a blow. Yeah, that devil hit you in the parking lot. Isn't that right? 
I mean, after you have a wonderful service, you get a blessing. The Lord speaks to your heart. You get lifted up. I mean, you get a new promise. You can't let your guard down for a moment, folks. It's a fight of faith. You got to put on that whole armor of God, and you got to keep it on. Amen. Don't even send it out for dry cleaning. Just keep on that armor of faith. How many times you get a blessing, and it's not even Monday morning, and bam! Oh, Lord, have mercy. Counterattack, counterattack. This is more than delay. This is flat-out opposition. Give up. She's dead. Think about that. As they say, with friends like this. Right? You know, sometimes when you're going through it, you want to put a sign on that says, Job's comforters need not apply. Amen? I don't need... (laughs) Give your advice to someone else, brother. If you don't have something encouraging, just just take it down somewhere else. I got enough problems. Amen? I mean, I mean, but I love it. How did Jesus respond to this? Verse 36, but Jesus ignored them. That's pretty good. Give no place. Don't let that negative thing bait you or antagonize you. Learn to ignore it. Friends, we got to know what to ignore. We need to know what to address, and we got to know what to believe. Can you say amen? Woo! Whose report will you believe? Well, you see that. You see that in verse 36. Ignoring what they said. You got to know what to believe. And you got to know what to address. Isn't that right? And you got to know what to ignore. Some people are so easily baited. Just ignore half the nonsense. Don't waste your time with it. Amen? Famous preacher by the name of Charles Spurgeon wrote this wonderful book to pastors. And there was one chapter called A Blind Eye and a Deaf Ear. He said every good pastor needs to have one blind eye and one deaf ear. There's a lot of things you don't want to see and a lot of things you just don't know what you're using hearing. Amen? <laughs> and as believers, some people, you, you, you get baited too easy. You know I love you, but I just got to talk to you. Some of y'all get baited. Some of you watching, on, you get baited too easy. One little thing, someone says something. Oh, that's just how they are. Don't let that... Stir you up, lose sleep over it, you know. Isn't that right? I mean, Jesus, he, he got to know what to ignore. You got to know what to address. Some things aren't worth addressing. You got to know what to believe. What do you believe in? <laughs> Jesus says, don't be afraid, just believe. And you know, Luke, when Luke tells this story, he has on these words, and she will be healed. When Luke tells this story, he said, don't be afraid, just believe, and she'll be healed. In the face of strong opposition, it's faith, the outlook and the attitude of faith, that is of such great difference and importance. So ignore, give no place to whatever is contradicting the word, or confusing the mind, or crushing the hope, or attacking your faith. Even over, reject it. Don't sign for it. Knock, knock. Would you sign for this package? Oh, yeah, sure. Wait, wait, wait a second. Well, who's this package from? Well, let me see, sir. From, from Mr. Doubtmire. Oh, no, no, thank you. I'll sign for that thing. From Mrs. It can't be done. No, no, no. Give, give me my pen back. It says from the company, the sky is falling in corporate. Oh, no, brother. I'm not signing for that. Take it across the street. Put it in the dumpster. But don't leave it on my porch. They said, she's dead. Give up hope. Jesus said, ignoring them. He said, just believe. 
Fear not, just believe. Ignore that word and believe my word. See, at this point, Jerry has had to either believe his friend or believe the Lord Jesus. I'm going to stick with Jesus. How about you? There's a lot of words out there. There's a lot of models. There's a lot of, I believe this. I think that. I'm going to stick with the word of God. I'm going to stick with thus saith the Lord. It is a confusing age. Men and women don't know boys from girls. It's a confusing age. People are being bound by things they ought to be ruling over. In this day and age, there's a lot of false um, news. There's a lot of false and deceptive philosophies. But you and I that know the Lord, we must be men and women committed to the Bible, believe the Bible. God's got a better word for you. He's got a word of blessing. He's got a word of comfort. He's got a word of truth. Believe what Jesus says and walk in that. Hallelujah. Jesus assured him, be not afraid. Just go on believing. That's what's literally written. Go on believing. And that's a word for someone this morning. Tell your neighbor, go on believing. But Jesus is saying, Jarius, you had faith to come. You had faith to call. You had faith to believe. Don't stop it now. Don't waver now. Keep on believing and keep on trusting and keep on looking to the Lord. You've come this far by faith, have you not? Don't turn back now. For the answer is closer than what you think. Situation is dim, but the Savior says, fear not, just believe. Don't misunderstand. Please don't underestimate the power of believing. Not just in anything, but believing in Christ, in his word. Jesus said in Matthew 21, if you believe, you will receive what you ask for in prayer. It makes a difference when we believe in prayer. Amen? If we want to go to heaven, i got to believe. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have ever. I need to believe in Christ for salvation. Not in my good works. Not in, you know, that God will just have mercy on me because I've been kind of a good dad. No, I must believe in Christ and his victory on that cross and his sacrifice. I must believe in him. If I want to have the eternal life that he promised. We need to believe. We want the power of God in our lives. Jesus said, if anyone thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. As the scripture says, he who believes on me. He who believes on me from his innermost being will flow rivers of life. You gotta believe if you want to walk in the power of God. You gotta believe if you want to see God resurrect situations and turn hard taskmasters into gentle servants. Oh, Jesus said, Mary, Martha did not tell you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God. You gotta believe Christ. We've got to be men and women that believe his word. Believe for all things are possible for him that believes. Believe that when you speak to that mountain, it will be moved into the sea. Jesus told Jairus, don't be afraid. Just believe. Child of God, don't be afraid of the unknown. Don't be afraid of the uncertain. Don't be afraid because you've never walked that way before. Just trust in the Lord and do good. Just believe the promise of God and lean on those everlasting arms. Don't be afraid. 
of what others have said. Don't be afraid of what others have threatened, but trust in the Lord and know that he's your defender and he's your shepherd and the battle is his and he's faithful to your care. The Father's faith took a brutal blow, a real counterattack, but Jesus countered it with a word of encouragement, a word of comfort, a word of promise, a word of hope. And friend, he's got one for you. He's got a promise with your name on it. Somebody weeping may endure for the night, but joy is coming in the morning. It might be a season of weeping. You might be going through a hard season now. It is not the end. God's bringing you through, and God has a better day in your future. All right, let me finish this up. Number four, number four. I've got to put out of the atmosphere whatever is hindering or quenching the word and the work of God's spirit. Again, you'll see the action of faith here. Some fail at this. Some aren't willing to do this. They're going to split hell open, but they'll go there with their friends because they weren't willing to leave. Whew. Someone says, that's right on. No, go ahead. I don't show up to lie to anybody. No, I don't do that. Warren Wiersbe writes to us, we must learn to trust Christ. To trust in Christ and his promises no matter how we feel, no matter what others say, no matter how the circumstances look. I've got to trust him. As they get there, verses 40 and 41, do you see that? Jesus says, why, why all this emotion? She died and they brought in the professional mourners. And they're very emotional people. But Jesus shows up, hey, when the resurrection walks in, get ready to shout. Uh, you can put that old black outfit out. Well, throw that thing out, brother. Get your dancing shoes on when the resurrection shows up. Amen. He said, why this commotion? The child's not dead, but sleep. And they laughed. The carnal, the unbeliever, always laugh at faith. That's why you got to know what to ignore and what to believe. <laughs> In verse 41, after he put them out, Jesus was something. He's ignoring some. He's putting others out. Hmm. The scene at the house would have discouraged just about anybody. <laughs> Professional mourners, weeping, groaning. There was a crowd that had gathered. There was grief and groaning, dressed in black. Tears were flowing. But Jesus responded, stop the mourning. She's not dead. She's just asleep. And they laughed at him. And then he put him out. How is it we like to say, some bless you when they come, others bless you when they... Oh, wow. Yeah. Jesus put them out. Proverbs says, throw out the mocker and strife will cease. That's in the book. But let's think about it. Friend, listen, the spirit of mourning, M-O-U, the spirit of mourning will not raise the dead. The laughing at the confession of faith will not move the hand of God. Mocking at the thought of a miracle will not bring glory to our Savior or healing to your need. We need to put out what is polluting the atmosphere of faith. What's grieving the spirit in a life? What's grieving, hindering the working of a spirit in a situation? You see, there's an atmosphere that is advantageous to the working and moving of God's spirit, and then there's an atmosphere that just hinders and quenches and really resists the working and the moving of God's Spirit. So put out. 
or guard, listen, guard the atmosphere of your faith. Nobody else can really do that for you. As an adult, you have to guard the atmosphere of your faith. Your, your faith is like a garden. And you've got to weed some things out and water some things. Amen? You, you've got to keep it from this and maybe fertilize that. And we've got to care for our faith. That means putting some things out that are going to hinder, but adding the things that are going to help it grow. Put out or guard the atmosphere of faith. Maybe, maybe there's a thought or a speech pattern that needs to be changed or adjusted. Maybe there's a source of contention. I've got to police myself. I've got to guard my own spiritual garden, so to speak. I've got to put out things that might be unnecessary conflict, fears, frictions, distractions. Anything that might be disobedient, compromised. Unbelief laughs at God's word and God's way. But faith, faith lays hold of it. And faith experiences the power of God. I'm going to wind this down. Let us pursue what is of God this morning. Let's never become passive in our asking, in our action, and in our expectation. Let's seek and stand on the God's word. If you're here today and you're pursuing, it might be a physical touch, it might be the baptism of the Holy Spirit, Maybe someone needs deliverance from an ungodly habit, thought. Maybe there's a salvation of a loved one you've been praying for and you're believing for. Maybe you need the mind of God for a decision. Then let's pursue. Let's pursue God. Let's put aside the things that would try to hinder us from believing and from trusting and from obeying the Lord. Let's apply the principles that we glean from this story. Jarius was a man that not only received, but he was a man that God used to bring his power into the life of another. And God would love to use more of his people to bring his word of hope, to bring his message of grace, to bring his power into the lives of others that don't know him or others that are just going through the struggle and they're getting weary in the battle. But let's learn from Jairus. Let's be willing to pursue the Lord. Let's be willing to really seek God in prayer. And let's be willing to press through things like delay. And let's not be so easy to give up when we know God has put a burden on our heart. Amen? When God has given us a vision for our life. Let's not be so easy just to give up on that. But let's press through the delay, trusting the Lord, standing on the right, knowing and believing God. God's going to come through. He that began a good work in me, he said he'll complete that work. And so I'm going to stick with it. And even when the counterattack comes, you do your very best. You get all pumped up. You're going to do something nice. And you go to do it. And those you try to do it to just kind of, ah. You gave and they rejected. You tried. And they, oh. Don't let that counterattack make you give in. Know what to ignore. <laughs> know what to address. And know what to believe. Amen? Hallelujah. Amen. We're going to pray. If you're here today and you need a special touch from God, we're going to pray at the altar. It might be a physical touch. Maybe you need a breakthrough in your family. Maybe there's something that you're facing and you just want someone to pray with you, believing God for a mighty answer. 
when we open the altar, you're invited to come. If you're here today and your heart's not right with God, maybe you've never received Christ or maybe you're just not where you should be and you know that. Don't leave before you take this opportunity to make a fresh altar. Make a fresh commitment to the Lord. And be willing to go out and make the changes that are necessary to really walk in that. Amen? Go ahead. Stand with me, please. Stand with me, please. God is so good to us. God is so good to us. And he's a great God, and he's wonderful, and he's able. We want to pursue the one that is able, and his name is Jesus. I'm going to pray our final prayer, and then I'm going to open the altar. If you need prayer, come, come and receive. If not, just would you sing the song one time through, just as an expression of your faith. And I pray that you can take the lessons we've learned from Jairus in the healing of his daughter and apply them to your life. Take these principles from the Word of God. And next time you have a need, act on these principles. And as you try to affect another life, remind yourself of these principles. This man received. Let's learn from his life. Amen? This man had a faith that Jesus applauded. I want to imitate that. Amen? You might have people in your life like that little girl. People that need to be resurrected, so to speak. People that are so down, they don't even know they're down. But you can be God's instrument. If you'll do your part, Jesus will use you. You can speak that word. You can release that power. If you need prayer, I invite you to come. If not, I invite you to offer yourself to God. And say, Lord, like you used Jairus, use me. Might be people on your job that God wants you to speak to. There might be neighbors, might be people in your family. Start out by saying, Lord, I'm ready. Use me as your instrument of resurrection. We pray. Father, we thank you for this word. We thank you for the encouragement, the insights of faith that we glean from this wonderful story of Jairus. And Lord Jesus, how you raised up this little girl. And Lord, we want to be used of you. We want to be vessels that you can use to go unto those that are hurting and struggling and speak a word of hope and release a, a power and the grace of your spirit. Father, please use our lives to make a difference in our world. Please use our lives. Orchestrate our steps. Orchestrate our conversations. Make divine appointments a much more regular thing and use us as your vessels and instruments of resurrection. And Father, I pray if there's anyone here that needs a special touch, if there's anyone here that needs a breakthrough, Lord, as they respond in faith, let your power flow as their faith and the action of their faith initiates your grace. Let your power flow. And let hearts be healed and bodies be made whole right now in this service. In Jesus' name and all God's people say